three, two, one. Welcome back to Big Friendly Sports with John Hamm here in the great state of Oklahoma, in the great city of Oklahoma City. So glad you're back with us. Uh, Sam Presti is giving his preseason media availability today, which is ahead of Thunder training camp starting next week. So Thunder basketball is right around the corner, right in the thick of football season, which is obviously on everyone's mind with where is OU going to go? Where is OSU going to go? But here comes Thunder basketball right around the corner. I'm excited about today's show. Uh, Before we get there, though, one quick note. Just a reminder to everyone that Sellout Crowd is partnering with Bob Moore Auto Group and the Oklahoma Blood Institute. We're challenging our creators and our audiences to be like Barry. So our own Barry Trammell has given 278 times, sharing his whole blood and platelets to help those in need with their life-giving properties. Uh, so our challenge is to come up with 278 new donors, and we've been highly successful so far in our campaigns. So you can go to different Bob Moore locations throughout the OKC Metro and donate to OBI. You can be like Barry and have a chance to win a new car. So be like Barry, save a life, donate with OBI. Go to selloutcrowd.com slash OBI and sign up today. Okay, my guest today, Gideon Hamilton. So he is the host of the Thunder Radio Network. He's a host on 98.1 WWLS, The Sports Animal. Uh, You can hear him before and after and at halftime of every Thunder game. Uh, He's also stepped in to do play-by-play because he is versatile like water. Gideon, how is it going today? Uh, It's going great, uh, John. I'm uh, happy to be with you. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad that uh, we got you to come on today because, again, uh, there's a palpable buzz around the Oklahoma City Thunder. And when I started thinking, like, who's the first, like, actual guest? Like, I've done, like, a little, you know, pilot episode, basically, where I talked about myself. But my first actual guest, uh, I'm so glad I got Gideon Hamilton to come on. Uh, So, Gideon, kind of take us back here a little bit here. You covered the Thunder, but where did you know, your, your love, your fandom for the NBA, how did that come about? Well, it's really neat, John, because growing up as a kid, you're a fan of a lot of different sports, football, baseball. I've always been a big uh, golf and tennis fan, but the NBA was what I really gravitated toward. And I tell the story a lot that when you're going on a trip or going anywhere with your parents, you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, where they want to go. You're in the backseat of the car. And so, um, you know, at whatever kids are doing Game Boy, um, reading books or magazines or whatever. My mom still has the 1992-93 NBA statistical reference, which I read so much that the cover literally ripped off in the 1993 basketball <laughs> almanac. And so I I always was really fat. I, I love the NBA. Michael Jordan was scientifically engineered in a lab to be the coolest person on earth to a kid at that time. So, yes. of course, I gravitated toward him. But I, I was always really fascinated with learning about the history of the NBA and kind of putting that together in my mind and learning more about it. So that was always my game. That was my sport. And so for me to be involved in that as as a profession is something that is truly special. And I I had a relative in San Francisco uh, send me uh, Warriors gear. So if you took a picture of my childhood bedroom, it's Michael Jordan and it's Warriors, it's Chris Mullen and Hardaway and Chris Weber stuff all over the place. And that was my uh, first game as a kid going down to reunion in spring of 94 
which was a big deal for us to watch the Mavericks, who were terrible at that time. It was uh, mm-hmm. Jackson and Mashburn before they got kid play against Weber and Chris Mullen and the Warriors. So have always been an NBA fan, and that's what makes this, you know, uh, what's happened in my life and my career something that's just that really, really cool. Yeah, and that's where there's a little bit of synergy here with you and me. The first article I wrote for Sellout Crowd, uh, you know, I took pictures of old NBA guides, uh, NBA registers, which had all of that statistical information that you just talked about. That's the stuff that I read all the time. And, you know, my mom has talked about we would go on road trips and my nose was always buried in a book. Sometimes a comic yeah. book, but sometimes it was an NBA magazine or book at some point mm-hmm. to where the point where I was able to drive, I had no idea where to go because I was never paying attention. <laughs> I, was, I was always reading a book and absorbing all this info. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the history of the league is you know fascinating to me. Uh, the first piece that I wrote for Sellout Crowd uh, goes into Scott Skiles for crying out loud and his trade from oh, wow. uh, the Orlando Magic to the Washington Bullets. So... Um, and yeah, you know, that just sort of lends itself to, you know, obviously there have been uh, there's been one professional basketball team temporarily in Oklahoma City and then a permanent one. And uh, did, did you ever imagine growing up? I, I want to see if you had the same experience ever imagine having like one, let alone two NBA teams come through Oklahoma City. Oh, of course not. No. And, and a lot of things. I mean, everybody's aware of this. There had to be a lot of coincidence and circumstance. uh go on for an NBA franchise to be in Oklahoma City. But no, I I could have never dreamed that, uh, you know, even if I didn't do this job, that I would be able to, you know, drive 20 minutes to go watch an NBA game. Uh, It's uh, it's just crazy how everything happened. And it's amazing to me. And it was back then when New Orleans was temporarily here. um, It's beyond my wildest expectations at how much, uh, this city embraced that team, and then of course this one as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's super exciting times. Obviously, uh, the Thunder have had a great deal of success in their first fifteen years as they go into their sixteenth season. And you know, Gideon last season, uh, the Thunder made a leap. Uh, Sam Presti talked earlier about how um, they definitely beat the odds in their win improvement from last season. You know, they were one of the seven percent uh, seventh percentile of teams that actually make that type of a win jump in one season. And you, you go back to last year and I think a lot of the, I, I forget what the, the Vegas over under or what the accepted one was for OKC, but it was around like 23 or 24 and a half wins. Um, mm-hmm. They wind up winning 40. And obviously there's, you know, there's some reinforcements coming in to the season as well. Is it reasonable to expect a similar type of lead? Maybe not 12 wins necessarily, but, you know, people are people are really high on this team. They're kind of the trendy pick right now. How reasonable is it that they're going to meet that? It is not reasonable at all. It, <laughs> it is possible <laughs> because and I, for people that listen to me uh, frequently uh, on the Sports Animal and Thunder broadcasts, Uh, know that I kept up with this a season ago. Um, John, this was was kind of that Twilight Zone feeling, and I don't mean that in uh, this general cliche of this is strange. It was, is anybody else seeing this? You know, that that kind Mm -hmm. of concept. Uh, They, I I don't remember the exact totals, but I think it was mid-60s games that they played against a team without a starter. 
Uh, it was over 50 games that they played against a team without one of their top two players. And at the end of the season, I do it was 36 games they played against a team without their best player. And so you think about the conclusion of this year, if Shea Gildas-Alexander missed half the season, everybody would pretty much disregard the record. That's how important that is. I went back to 19. That was the Chris Paul Gallo team. Uh, going into the bubble, they had played 60 games. I think they had played six games against teams without their best player. And even during the COVID year, the next year, uh, going into the last couple of weeks, they had played uh, somewhere between 10 and 12. And so for that to jump, uh, not dramatically, but exponentially uh, last season, that has to account for something. And so I, I think if they play a conventional NBA schedule against, uh, you know, uh, Jokic, Lillard, Durant, Beal, Halliburton, Giannis, you know, all these guys, and I, you know, take a couple of minutes to, to name them all um, this year, then I, I think they could actually be a better product, a much better product on the floor with not necessarily as many wins as they had a season ago just because of who they didn't play last year. And, th and that's something that I, I really want to always see is have these guys be able to measure themselves against the best in the game. And I know the organization feels the same way. Yeah, uh, I think that's a very valid point. You know, I, I think back some of that, you know, yes, Oklahoma City was one of those teams that opponents would, here's a good night to rest our guys. That would happen. There were other things like KD like rolls his ankle in warmups during his first <laughs> Phoenix Suns home game, right? Um, just totally just random things that sort of like fell in their lap as an advantage. Um, and I, I think it's also fair that when the Thunder were sort of at their best last season, like during January, they were they were shooting the the net out of the rim, and you know that was difficult to sustain. And so mm -hmm. you know when you look at this team. Um, some of that was, again, uh, fortune. Some of it was just luck or happenstance. Uh, what are some tangible things that you think, you know, are, are going to help this team move forward next season? It could be something as simple as, well, they're adding Chet Holmgren. Sure. And, and I, I don't want to downplay at all the improvement that the team made a year ago uh, and how guys really bought into the concept of playing off the basketball. Uh, there was some discussion going into the year of, uh, who needs to be an initiator on offense. And that turned out to be almost exclusively Shea Gildas-Alexander. I think mid either uh, probably a quarter of the way through or a third of the way through, guys really did figure out how to play off of each other in a really successful way offensively. And defensively, uh, almost everybody across the board uh, really brought it in a way that helped them compete on a nightly, nightly basis. There were also some things that happened during the year with injuries that I, I think actually kind of helped improve the team defensively in terms of their uh, deployment that they were able to make. So I don't want to downplay the actual improvement that was made a year ago because it certainly took place. And I, I think it could be able to, in terms of something tangible, if you legitimately don't have a rim protector a season ago and you have somebody uh, with the length and athleticism to make up for other people's mistakes that will happen or just the way that the defense is able to funnel into uh, places of advantage there. I, I think defensively, they could be a better team this season. I'm interested to see how teams attack Chet Holmgren if they bring him away from the basket and, and how they're able to uh, try to utilize that. But 
if Oklahoma City now with uh, somebody who honestly could provide them with a little bit of rim protection, uh, your instincts just tell you that, hey, the metrics could look a lot better defensively. And so that's something that I'm really excited about. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's also been, I've seen the point made before that, you know, the, the Thunder, certain lineups had a very positive net rating when you even include guys like Poku, uh, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, who are, uh, their roles going into next season are uncertain. And so I think there is, mm-hmm. you know, some optimism within the fan base that, again, another year of development, another year of cohesion, um, you know, maybe that. And, and then if you, you bring in Chet in place of those guys, maybe there is some improvement there as well. Um, besides, obviously, the Chet Holmgren of it all, when you look at the Thunder roster going into this season, uh, who are you sort of eyeballing as this is someone that I'm keeping an eye on to to help maybe rise the boat a little bit? Oh, I, I think Jalen Williams is such an intriguing player uh, because his instincts are uh, at a different level than most NBA players, particularly at this age. And I enjoyed watching him with the ball in his hands a little bit more toward the end of the season a year ago. And so I, I'd like to see that, not not at the expense of um, Shea uh, too much, but I, I'd just like to see his growth in that in in that area this year. And Mitchell is intriguing because I think his uh, knowledge of the game and just somebody who is going to fit into a place where, okay, we need you to do this. We need you to be this. I I think he has the capability in the few minutes that he's going to receive next season to uh, be somebody that that could impress people. So those would be a couple of guys that uh, I have my eyes on this season. Yeah, it's going to be uh again, I'm I'm excited to talk to Thunder players on Monday and start getting, you know, their thoughts and and everything right now is sort of like setting the table for this coming season, sort of setting expectations and uh, you know, and then if, again, we're going to see this team in action. Um aside from the team on the court Gideon, uh the other big news surrounding OKC is, you know, yesterday the OKC council voted to send the arena financing plan to a vote. Uh, that'll be on December 12th. I'm just kind of curious from your vantage point, you know, what kind of feedback are you hearing, whether it's from fans, whether it's from, you know, just just random people that have no interest in the team. I'm kind of curious what what your uh, what's your pulse on this. It's uh, the same feedback that anybody gets when any kind of spending measure goes up for a vote, and that is the 20 or 30 percent that are uh, going to grumble and bristle at it, and then the 20 or 30 in the middle that are like, eh, it's probably going to happen anyway, and then the people that are really, really passionate about it. I, the the building is, is thunder first, but because of the uh, events uh, and the commerce that it brings to town, this is something we talked about toward the end of last year uh, with the team being one game away from at least two extra games uh, and the kind of business uh, and cash flow that brings to uh, uh, restaurants and, and industry around Bricktown, uh, how important that is to get back to that place and just having the Thunder as an entertainment option in this city for decades to come is uh, going to be something that I, I mean, it's amazing, John, if you go outside of um, even this country uh, to make a global footprint, uh, if you say, OK, see, the first thing a lot of people are going to say is thunder. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's it's really important. This this measure, I, I expect, will pass overwhelmingly. 
and uh, we'll be joint we'll be enjoying the thunder for many years to come if if i had to guess right now i agree with you um i think you know I, there's a lot of people that are making by the way i've i've heard you know arguments on both sides that don't make a lot of sense um i've heard a lot of you know reasonable arguments there in the middle which are definitely worth discussion um the concept of well this building is not going to pay for itself I, monetarily i I, I don't know how to how to crunch those numbers. I've got Excel. I know how to at some with the best of them. I don't know if we can really crunch the numbers and say it's going to pay for itself at X amount of time. Um, but I'm curious if you kind of, you know, if, if you're with me on this, sometimes like you just like having the thing. And there are people that when the PlayStation 5 came out, they paid $1,000 on eBay because they wanted it. Or they drove to the middle of Texas because yep. that was the nearest place they could pick it up. Um, you know, was that a smart decision? No, that was their own money. I get it. It's a different discussion with tax dollars. But sometimes you just vote for the thing that you want to have available to you. Sure. And, you know, this is beyond the thunder. It's, again, you mentioned, you touched upon it a bit, concert events and and other things. Uh, not just the thunder, but yeah, sometimes, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, I, I uh, no, I agree. And the thing that will, I, I think, soften the blow to voters outside of the people that are truly passionate for that is once it explained that, hey, this is not an addition of a penny tax. This is just kind of an extension of what was going on already. Uh, for uh, for downtown purposes, I I think that'll help put it over the top. Highly recommend anyone that has not read the book Boomtown by Sam Anderson mm-hmm. uh, that talks about it, it's a fantastic I mean history book of Oklahoma Oklahoma City in particular. Um, but you know it goes into I mean this is something that in the nineties Oklahoma City said we want to make ourselves better, and they have done that consistently ever since then. And you know I, and that's why I think. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, again, valid points to be made, but I think people here want to continue to invest in the city and continue to, to, to make it the best it can be. And, uh, you know, so far the trends are in that direction in terms of population growth. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're like me, Gideon, but, you know, I used to go downtown uh, pre-Thunder and I, I drove through downtown. I didn't stop anywhere, but mm-hmm. I drove through mm-hmm. quite a bit. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, and having the security of knowing that the team is going to be there is only going to, um, I think, boost interest in local businesses, whether that's restaurants, hotels, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, merchants uh, to say, OK, this is going to be around for a while. Uh, why not take a shot at, you know, being in Bricktown, uh, closer to that area? Uh, and that's only going to uh, further. Uh, just help with the culture of this area, I think. Yeah, exciting times ahead. Uh, starts on the basketball court, and uh, you know we'll have a lot more clarity on on the direction of that come December, I believe. So, uh, Gideon, thank you so much for your time again, Gideon. You can hear him on WWLS, the Sports Animal, which is uh, part of the Thunder Radio Network. Uh, you can hear him pregame, postgame, halftime, and uh, just uh, just a tremendous. I, and by the, I didn't even touch upon this, but. What was it like for you to have to be subbed in, pinch hit, and do play-by-play on the radio? I mean, that's normally not, you know, that's, I'm sure the skill set you have, but suddenly you're up. You're getting the call from the dugout. Yeah, there, uh, you realize how difficult it is to call, not necessarily basketball, but NBA basketball. 
uh, something happens, you've got about three or four seconds, and then another action is is happening on the other end. And that's where my partner, uh, Royce Young, who we both know well, uh, who's covered the Thunder uh, so well for uh, since its inception, uh, really took to that very quickly, where he was able to say something insightful uh, in that beat, and and then we kind of moved on to what was happening there. So uh, he was an incredible partner, and and that was just. I, I mean, John, picture, <laughs> you know, you're uh, like a short track driver or you're driving dirt tracks or something on the weekend. And then all of a sudden you get a call and say, you know, hey, we want you in an F1 car in Monaco or an Indy car in Indy, <laughs> or, you know, a stock car in Daytona. That, that, that would be what that call is like. And so for me to have the opportunity to do that was uh, just beyond a blessing and something I'm still trying to comprehend. But it was... Um, it was certainly a lot of fun. And uh, you never, I, I guess we say that uh, we hope we don't get that call because it usually means somebody's sick or somebody's having to deal with right. something. But uh, if we do get the call, we'll absolutely love to do it again. Yep. Well, thanks for all your great work. Uh, so tune in, follow Gideon, and uh, he'll keep you informed on all Thunder stuff on every game. Uh, thank you for listening to this show, watching this show, like subscribe on this channel. Much appreciated. Of course, you can find my work at selloutcrowd.com and johnhamsports.com. Uh, we will catch you next week. Whenever thunder preseason uh, will be underway and we will start to have some actual on court stuff to talk about. Uh, take care, everyone. Talk to you later.